Giga Water Gang. Welcome to the January Extra AF in uh, February. <laughs> Sorry about it. <laughs> I'm Keena. And I'm Ashley. We had every intention of doing this on time. And then it was, you know, the last day of January. And we're like, oh, shit, the month's over. And then we both were having like bad mental health days. And then Ashley was traveling, uh, like family things. And we we're just like, whoops just gonna it's just gonna be late yeah so uh we're gonna talk about january stuff in february <laughs> just imagine it's just a couple of days ago exactly exactly we'll just use our collective imaginations i will <laughs> say in the first two days of february evan rachel wood has come out and named marilyn manson as her sexual and physical yeah. abuser and aoc bless her, has come out and talked about her terrifying experience with the insurrection being inside the Capitol that day, mm-hmm. which we will talk about the insurrection. And she has mentioned that she is a sexual assault survivor. So she's talking about trauma on top of trauma. And I'm really proud of her. I am too. And I just, I love the support because you know how people yes. get, like people are so disgustingly awful when it comes to sexual assault. I saw today Marilyn Manson was like that that's not true oh, everything he's been dropped by his label cool. company too yeah fuck him yep so i hope he's having the day he deserves absolutely my opinion of marilyn manson has always been that he is an alice cooper ripoff correct and like, i never liked him because he was just trying to like out shock the original shock rocker and i just thought it was not uh, he was awful exactly I, and like alice cooper as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, he's like actually a pretty cool dude. Like he's done yeah. some shocking things, but for the most part, he's like cool. I've seen stuff about him like working at homeless shelters and, you know, giving back to the community, but no, like don't see that with Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah, he's a cool dude. Like I think now he golfs or something. It's not very shock rock of him. But... I love that. <laughs> that shocks me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did he did the first like wild stuff like i think he decapitated himself on stage he had like giant snakes and he had it was like the first performance kind of like rob zombie like yeah you know very performative very shocking very dark or whatever but Marilyn Manson has just always skeeved me out anywho this is the extra episode where we talk about things that happened in january in the past and this january and then we read your story so do you want to just rip the band-aid off of the shit-tastic <sighs> beginning yeah. of January? <laughs> yeah, guys, gals, days, my babies. Um, we're going to talk about the insurrection, but I have a palate cleanser afterwards. So we just, we're going to hold hands and we're going to get through this together. I have seen the comments from the Trump dumpsters commenting on apple and spotify about this being a uh leftist commentary on this podcast so um my name is spelled a-s-h-l-e-y come at me yeah at first when i saw one star popped up my stomach was like in my throat and i was like oh god and then i read it it was like leftist liberal whiner and i was like all right (laughs) like okay yeah these comments are my own so don't come for Kena. I don't even care. I just, I'm just like, look at all those buzzwords, lamestream media, right? Oh Goddamn. And you're obviously part of the y'all Kata, so whatever. <laughs> also, if you want to leave a five star review to counteract all the Trumpers, that'd be awesome. Anyway, real talk. <laughs> okay, so also these are comments from the Washington Post because that's where uh, this article came from. It's titled "The Four Hour Insurrection: How a Trump Mob Halted American Democracy." So this was—I uh, forgot how to words for a second there. So this came out January seventh, so the day after the insurrection. Basically, it starts out kind of as a like rundown of it, but then it starts getting a little more like moment by moment we'll get through it together everyone strap in gather your safe safe places so before noon the president of the united states their rogue hero told thousands of his supporters that this was the last stand the moment to overturn the result of november's election and ensure a second term for donald trump we're going to have to fight much harder trump told several thousand red clad 
flag-waving acolytes gathered on the ellipse. Ellipsy. Is that how you say that? The ellipse? Uh, I, I think so. I don't Let's know. Words are hard. Words are hard. Let's go with the ellipse with the White House's backdrop. And then the 45th president of the United States unleashed a mob. Thousands of Trump loyalists stormed the Capitol. Members of Congress hid under desks, stripped their identification pins from their lapels to avoid being attacked and escaped into secret passageways. Rioters ransacked the office of the House Speaker. Flag-waving protesters smashed windows and assaulted police inside the nation's iconic symbol of democracy. The process of affirming the next president was halted by mob violence. Time will decide whether Wednesday's assault on the Capitol was a riot, an insurrection, a last gasp of a renegade president, or an early skirmish in a civil war organized on far-right social media, but it was already clear that January 6th, 2021, would go down in history as one of America's ugliest days. It began with the president's false promise. After this, we're going to walk down and I'll be there with you, Trump said. He wasn't going anywhere but back to the White House, where he had 14 days remaining in his term. You'll never take back our country with weakness, he told his followers. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. They did as they were told. By the thousands, they walked 16 blocks down Pennsylvania Avenue northwest and surrounded the U.S. Capitol. By the hundreds, they climbed the Grand Marble Staircase and the side of it, even though, I mean, the stairs were right there, but whatever. That's an aside. And they breached police gates and smashed windows and shoved police officers and broke through doorways and forced their way in. They burst into the offices and chambers of the Capitol, taking over the place as though it were their own, lounging in members' offices, strolling through the statuaries, halting the constitutional process of completing Joe Biden's election to the presidency, and raising the specter of a coup against this 232-year-old democracy. It just frustrates me. I don't know about any of you listening, but I sat here and watched the entire thing unfold on my computer screen, refreshing Twitter, refreshing CNN, refreshing local news. And it's just like so frustrating to see these people just waltz right in. Oh, it's so I know. And it's like you could even see that some of the police officers just letting them in and holding the door for them. And it was. It was shocking. I mean, I was in tears. I think the moment that got me was once I ripped down the American flag and put up a Trump flag. And I was just yes. like, I, and I couldn't. And the fact that there was a a rebel flag flying in the Capitol is just disgusting. And the fucking rotunda. Like, that was. Yes. Is so disgusting. So disgusting. It really just cracked my heart in two. It did. Yeah. Like, there were some tears. So. The attack, which some historians called the most severe assault on the Capitol since the British sacked the building in 1814, was instigated at the highest level, said House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. It was what this president has caused today, this insurrection, said Senator Mitt Romney, his party's 2012 presidential nominee. The assault left one woman, a Trump banner draped around her neck, fatally shot inside the Capitol and three others dead from medical incidents. It led to a at least 52 arrests, four hours of chaos, the evacuation of congressional buildings, the paralysis of the city, and the humiliation of a nation that has long considered itself the world's greatest democracy. Inside the Senate, Senator Ben Cardin, Democrat Maryland, heard Capitol Police order people away from the doors and then suddenly out of the chamber now. Some people ran, scrambling to a single exit that police had opened. It led to a staircase which led to an undisclosed evacuation area. There was obviously a great deal of anxiety and concern, Cardin said. It was like we might be in a harm's way at any second. The attack and siege seemed like a surprise. CNN kept showing the debate on the Senate floor even as the mob breached the building. Only a handful of Capitol Police officers were posted at the building's ceremonial front steps, and as the debate unfolded, not one legislator said anything about the mob outside. But the insurrection was hardly spontaneous. It was carefully, methodically planned, spelled out on far-right social media where die-hard Trump supporters openly traded advice on how to steer clear of D.C. police officers, how to pry open the doors of the Capitol, and how to get illegal guns into the city. In forums devoted to the QAnon conspiracy theory movement and among hard-right groups such as the Proud Boys, plans to turn a pro-Trump rally into a full-on capture of the Capitol had been plotted, dissected, and disseminated for months. 
which is why, if anyone's wondering, why Parler has been removed from Apple Store and Google Play Store, that would be why, because a lot of this was planned on Parler. The ultimate inspiration of the mob's passion, the president himself, had repeatedly urged his followers to come to Washington on the day when Congress would affirm the result of November's election. Big protest in D.C. on January 6th, Trump tweeted last month, be there will be wild. A presidency that began with Trump standing on the Capitol steps and declaring that this American carnage stops right here and stops right now was now ending in anarchy with an unchecked mob bringing one of the country's most sacred ceremonies and the peaceful transfer of power to a screeching, scary halt. The unprecedented interruption of what is ordinarily a moment of pomp and peace sent shockwaves through the world. D.C. Mayor Muriel E. Bowser ordered a 6 p.m. curfew. The region's transit system shut down, shops closed, streets emptied. America is so much better than what we're seeing today, Biden tweeted. But in the nation's capital city, the end of that sentence seemed very much to demand a question mark. So I'm going to stop there, but this article, I mean, you should definitely look it up. It goes on to talk about, you know, the, who all made up the mob, you know, the, the rebel flags flying, the Trump flags flying. It's just, it's just so ridiculous. And the fact that after these people stormed the Capitol and then they went back to their hotels and had drinks and everything and then like expected to just hop on a plane and fly home yeah yeah and seeing the videos on twitter of them getting escorted off the planes like gave me so much life oh <laughs> uh, like the guy that put his feet on pelosi's desk is from our home state of arkansas grab it arkansas to be exact god that idiot okay so he took her mail because he bled on it and he thought he didn't want to leave his blood behind even though he has an unmasked stared at a camera full-on face photos and that's a felony to steal mail and then you know he's from gravit like three people live there i was able to google him and find his business his address and then he took a ppp loan (laughs) so i'm like if i can find that everybody can find that i was like what a dumbass and the lady from texas that took a private plane and basically like facebook the whole thing she was a realtor yeah. being like posing next to a broken window as she's breaking into the Capitol, being like i'm a realtor buy a house for me we're taking the country back and then she's mad and then she demanded trump give her a pardon because she deserves it and i was like okay yes and the QAnon shaman the guy who showed up <laughs> dressed as a buffalo who um i was originally going to talk about because he um there was an article about him refusing to eat the food in the prison or in the jail because it wasn't organic and like the fact that he's not doing that but suffragettes who literally like it's been a hundred years this year or last year since you know we gained the right to vote as white women and they were literally force-fed eggs mixed in milk because they went on a hunger strike in jail and you're gonna bitch because it's not organic food Uh, i have a lot of feelings about it I know I tweeted it and I was like, I guarantee it they're going to cave. And they did. Like, yeah, they did. They absolutely caved. Yeah. Although he's singing like a canary now because Trump oh, did his rescue. So he's testifying. <laughs> yep. He has 100% said that he was enchanted by what Trump said. But now he is disenchanted and he is willing to testify at the impeachment trial. What's that office quote? Oh, how the turntables have. Yes. Turned oh, how the turntables. <laughs> This whole thing is just insane. And then, you know, there's so many people that came back and bragged and bragged about their family that was there. And then they're all so shocked that they're going to jail because Trump just signed that thing, like, what, last year? That if you damage a federal building or object, (laughs) you have 10 years in jail. And they meant for that to be towards, you know, like liberals that are destroying confederate statues like here the sweet justice (laughs) i just can't it's it's so much it's right devastating and the word you used embarrassing it was humiliating as an american to watch that knowing the whole world was gonna watch it and think that's what we're like especially the confederate flag i'm just 
you know, so many people keep on saying, stop making everything about race, stop making this about race. And I'm like, this is an absolute perfect example about how this is about race because our whole goddamn country is built on fucking racism. And like, you're just making the point. You're, you're proving what all these protests have been about, that this everything, all of this is just rooted in this fucking shitty, ah, okay. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I have so many feelings about so it. So many feelings, but yeah, it just like the Confederacy, like they were traitors. They're a failed country, and people are glorifying it. And I, fucking Texas is trying to pass a secession bill. And I'm like, what do you think that's gonna do? Like that's treason. What is wrong with you? I mean, like a spray bottle, just right. no. <laughs> Stop. And it. also special. Another special shout out for AOC because Ted Cruz was trying to like buddy up to her on Twitter and she was like, you tried to have me murdered <laughs> on January 6th. You can sit all the way the fuck down. Oh, uh, that brought me a lot of joy. Oh my God. Yes. Like I was like, oh, I'm not following her. I should be. Oh yeah. She's fantastic. And uh, we talked about this before we started recording, but her Instagram live talking about what it was like hiding behind the door in her bathroom, hearing people coming in and thinking she was going to die and then likening that to her sexual assault. Like, I can't even imagine. I I saw another senator say that they were looking for tennis shoes because they knew they were going to have to run for their lives and they were all wearing heels because they were at work. It's just... Yes, and, like, the fact that the, like, interns and aides helped Pelosi and them hide because they had learned how to hide from like active shooters in school so much the flame like flames on the side of my face do you hope like if anything comes from this i think one i hope the impeachment trial has some accountability because he did incite a riot and the reason he was so quiet is all of them were waiting to see if it worked before they said stop So, I mean, that's obvious. And I think another thing is a lot of people that were hiding and scared have never experienced an active shooter drill or an active shooting. Even as librarians, we had to do active shooter drills. And like, like the area I was at was basically a fishbowl. And I'd have police be like, so if there's a shooting and if they come up here, like you're literally literally fucked because there's nowhere to go. There was nothing to hide behind. And I remember a cop telling me, like, your best bet is to take a bullet and let the kids get out. Yeah. And I was like, and at the time, I was like, okay. Like, and just the thought of how many people every day are willing to, you know, die to save people. And I'm like, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that it could be like a bipartisan, like, we got to do something about school shootings and public shootings. I hope that at the very least, like, this incident has kind of, like, shown that we need to do something about school shootings like as a byproduct of all this mm-hmm. because like i mean i work i work at a school and i have 100 percent had students ask me what would we do if someone came in here and started shooting and i'm like you know i'll distract them you go this way and mm-hmm. like i will 100 percent take a bullet just to make sure that they get yeah. out safe yeah but i'm hoping that at least people can agree that something has to be done but I also think that this our government needs some work because somebody should not have the amount of power that he had to incite a coup. It's like freaking Ted Cruz in Texas. I think he should have to he should lose his job and I don't understand why he hasn't. Or Holly Fucker from Missouri, those doing uh, the like white power fist bullshit. Like, how does he have a job? Yeah. I I don't understand. It's it's mind boggling and and then it's like, I don't blame the administration because they've been at work, what, like two weeks? And people are like, why haven't you fixed everything? Yeah. But I do hope that there's more accountability because future presidents should not be allowed to get take it this far, ever. Would you it's- like to hear my palate cleanser? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> okay, so I have a very short news thing for a palate cleanser. This is our safe space. I got this from Reader's Digest Canada. It's titled The Golden Labrador Who Keeps on Giving. And I'll hold for those that are watching this this guy right here. His name is Stumpy. (laughs) He's 
I love him. So Stumpy is a handsome Labrador who was destined for a career as a guide dog. Sadly, problems with a deformed leg meant it wasn't to be. But then Stumpy found a new way to help others by giving blood. The nine-year-old Labrador has saved more than 100 canine lives since the age of one by donating blood for emergency transfusions. Stumpy has been crowned the United Kingdom's most prolific blood donor dog. He has a negative blood type, which is especially valuable because it allows his blood to be given to any dog. Stumpy's owner, vet Ellie Pitaway, says Stumpy obviously has no idea what he's doing it for, but if he did, I'm sure he'd be very proud of himself. Oh my goodness, the goodest boy. The goodest boy. (laughs) I love Stumpy. I'm so proud of Stumpy. I just love him. Yes. That was so wholesome right i just like i was googling all these things and i was like is there any feel-good news for january (laughs) and so i found this listicle and that was like the most feel-goodiest of the whole listicle so i had to share it because i was just like give me something oh good also for those watching at home i'm definitely recording from bed if you can't tell (laughs) more reason to join patreon shameless plug all right, so I'm going to talk about something in history that happened in January. And Woo-hoo! with all the politics, I thought we'd be politicked out. So I chose something across the pond in old England. Yay! Well, not try an English accent. That does not sound good coming out of me. But <laughs> <laughs> this came from the British magazine. So in 1534, Henry VIII declared himself supreme head of the Church of England passing legislation in Parliament that would come to be known as the First Act of Supremacy. In the act, which was followed by a decree on the 15th of January in 1535, Henry announced to his subjects that he was, quote, the only supreme head on earth of the Church of England, and that the English crown shall enjoy, quote, all honors, dignities, and preeminencies, jurisdictions, privileges, authorities, immunities, profits, and commodities, to said dignity so he's just like i want it all i want it all oh fuck the pope pretty much (laughs) what that all the birds (laughs) fuck you church i don't want to give you money anymore and i want a divorce (laughs) so (laughs) this event itself marked the beginning of the english reformation and must be followed soon after by the dissolution of the monasteries between 1536 and 1541 by which Henry disbanded monasteries, pri- priories, I almost said priorities, that's not it, priories, convents, and friaries in England, Wales, and Ireland. The reason for the act and the subsequent execution of those who opposed him, you know, he liked to chop off heads, we all know that about him at least, Maybe. were both personal and very political. Foremost was Henry's desire to abandon Rome and reject Catholic Church opposition to his proposed divorce from Catherine of Aragon. His then-wife had failed to produce a son and heir, and Henry had also fallen under the charms of Anne Boleyn, which I'm going to stop them right there. I hate when people do this, like, oh, she was so bewitching, and he couldn't help himself. No, he wouldn't leave her the fuck alone, and she was just like, leave me alone. Anyway, that's a rant for another day. And uh, also, not Catherine's fault for not having a boy. Exactly. Also another rant for another day. I lost my place. (laughs) (laughs) He believed that Catherine's inability to provide a male heir as a sign that their marriage was blighted in the eyes of God. So his, if you guys don't know, the excuse was that she was briefly married to his brother and his brother died and she swore they didn't bang. But then Harry's like, well, I think banged because now we can't have kids, even though they had a kid. Whatever. What probably actually happened is that it was probably a blood type thing. So the Act of Supremacy came into being following Pope Clement VII's refusal. refusal, refusal, (laughs) Words are hard. (laughs) Refusal to grant Henry VIII an annulment. The Pope was fearful of the reaction of Catherine's nephew, who was the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V, who sacked Rome in 1527. And the Pope wanted to avoid clashing with him because at this point, Spain was fucking powerful. Didn't want to piss off any of them. Henry therefore seized his chance to wrest power away from Rome and into his own hands, taking property of the monasteries and exploiting his right to rule the Church of England 
which saw him excommunicated by the Catholic Church. It was a remarkable change of attitude for someone who had been declared defender of the faith as recently as 1521. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a very, like this 1527. So 1521, Pope Leo X is like, you were the end all be all of the Catholic Church. And then by 1527, he's like, see ya, JK. <laughs> so they called him this for his defense of the seven sacraments, which accused Protestant reformer Martin Luther of heresy. To ensure the stability of the Supremacy Act, the Treasons Act was passed in 1534, which stipulated that to disavow the act of supremacy and to deprive the king of his dignity, title, or name was treason. So that's, you know, a, if you're going to be a dictator or like a ruthless monarch, that's what you got to do. You got to make it where people can't talk bad about you or they're going to die. That's how you gain support. So if you're going to take over the world, just remember that. Also, you have to censor the media so nobody can say anything but nice things about you. Why does that sound familiar today's times? <laughs> I tell you, one of my favorite classes ever, she gave us a checklist of how to take over the world. And it was like what monarchs and dictators did. And I was like, noted for my future world taking over. You know, uh, I'm too nice. I'd hate if somebody say me things about me and be like, okay, sorry. Bye, <laughs> Um, one of the most famous people to suffer the consequences of this was Sir Thomas More, Henry's Lord Chancellor, who paid for his refusal to outwardly support the king's marriage to Anne Boleyn with his life in 1535. He was sentenced to death in front of a jury which consisted of many of Anne's relatives. So it's like, you know, he walked in there being like, well, shit. (laughs) Yep. They're gonna kill me. Today, this same legislation is the legal authority of the sovereign of the United Kingdom over the Church of England. While Henry's act of supremacy was repealed in 1554 by his Catholic daughter, Queen Mary I, it was reinstated by Mary's Protestant half-sister, Queen Elizabeth I, when she ascended the throne. Elizabeth declared herself supreme governor of the Church of England and introduced an oath of supremacy requiring anyone taking public or church office to swear allegiance to the monarch as the head of the church. The second act of supremacy in 1558 established once and for all the Anglican Church's presence in England, which has endured for almost five centuries. Baller. I know, right? And I thought this was interesting because old Henry made the news recently. I don't know if you guys saw it. But in 2017, metal detectorist, which is that a job? Oh, they had it written like it was a job. Anyway, his name was Kevin Duckett. He found a relic, which is now estimated to be $2.7 million in value. Said relic was a solid gold figurine from one of King Henry VIII's crowns. Huh. I know. I'm going to show you a photo. for him. It was under a tree. Why can't I have luck like that? Thinking about her career change. Maybe I'll go into that. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to be a metal detectorist now. Cute. So he had no idea what this thing was. He just assumed that it was some weird figurine or whatever. And then he was watching a YouTube video and somebody was 3D printing a replica of this. And he's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like, what are the chances? That's amazing. I'm not going to lie. When I first saw it, I was like, okay, it kind of looks like Burger King. But (laughs) I love it. Uh, and the reason they know what it looks like, paintings that have it. Uh, so what it looks like. Okay, so this crown in this painting was worn during the wedding of Anne and Cleves in 1540, and it was later used in the coronations of his children, Edward, Mary, and Elizabeth, and then James I, you know, Mary, Queen of Scots kid, and then Charles I. So <laughs> it has a lot of significance. So they think what happened was once. Oliver Cromwell abolished the monarchy in 1649 and beheaded Charles I. He ordered that this crown be melted down and minted and sold as coins, but that never happened. Everything had 344 stones and they were all sold separately. And then all the other parts of the crown were passed on. But until now, nobody knew where any of them were. So wow, looks like some people buried them. So it's pretty exciting that they, they found it. That's awesome. Under a stinking tree. I never find anything cool. Right. But I thought that was cool. 
I mean, there's stuff, you know, people talk about history or archaeology, like, oh, we never find anything cool. We're finding stuff all the time. It's really exciting. Always goes to show you, you never know what you have in your possession. Right. (laughs) Stories of people having priceless things in their possession and being like, oh, shit, I didn't know that was worth anything. Good on you, Mr. Duckett. (laughs) Yeah, good job, Mr. Duckett. To listen to stories. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm going to pick, I'm going to go with Alyssa. All right. So, uh, Alyssa says, okay, so I've got three small ones. First experience was a friend and I were in the kitchen heating up some taquitos in the microwave. There was no TV on, phones on silent. We were just goofing around when I heard a woman's voice like someone leaned over and spoke in my ear. Ooh, no. Immediately, I was like, what the hell? Look over and my friend heard the exact same thing. Reasonable reaction. The second one was the first time I was sitting on the couch in my living room and watched a tall shadow man walk straight through my living room and out through the wall. I hate oh. when that happens. No, 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 no. Oh, that is so, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it either. And the third one, my most harrowing supernatural experience, was when I dreamt about a woman with dark short hair wearing a tattered white gown. Is it Ashley? It's definitely me. It's it's just a Tuesday. It's fine. (laughs) She looked soaking wet like she just stepped inside from being in the rain. Also a Tuesday. I couldn't remember any specific facial features other than the empty sockets where her her eyes should have been. No! That's horrifying, but probably also still me. At that point in the dream, it was freaky enough that I opened my eyes and stared into those same empty sockets about a foot away from my face like she was watching me the whole time. Holy shit, no. Why are you looking in the empty hole sockets? I don't like that. It was a couple of seconds before she disappeared, and it wasn't like she was just there and then gone situation. It was as if she disintegrated. I've never never experienced sleep prolapse paralysis or hallucinations so you can imagine how freaked out i was i never forgot those empty what those empty eye sockets look like <laughs> like seared into your brain That's i don't think i have enough bravery no in me to look into empty eye sockets i would know Cry, pass out, or hide under something. <laughs> it's I would pee the bed. <laughs> uh, I'd like to think I'm brave, but I know I'm not. Yeah, there would be like a piddle puddle. That's intense. That's you don't really hear about like empty eye sockets. Yeah, no, I think I've heard that. That's a niche market. <laughs> uh, somebody call the Bagans. Yes. Oh, Lord. That's, That's absolutely horrifying. terrifying. Thank you, Alyssa. I hope I don't have nightmares. Yes, please don't send your uh, empty pocket lady to us. <laughs> uh, uh, we always talk about the scariest stuff when I'm home alone. God damn it. Right. Okay, I'll do Emily. It is an update. So last month, remember when we talked about the person in Kentucky that had a false door in the cellar? Yes. Okay, I'm so this is, this is an update. Uh, Just a little bit more information since we were losing our goddamn minds over it. Says, in this Emily, she says, y'all wanted more information and I got you. A little refresher, my family was the one in Kentucky that made a false door in the cellar to keep all the thievery out. (laughs) I did find some generic pictures of what the cellar would have looked like. Just add to the mental image of the trap door. I'll still try to get you a picture and show you guys at some point. This is a simple root setup. All right, so it was technically a root cellar. They were half buried underground, which allowed for natural refrigeration. They typically are about 32 to 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So in essence, it's a giant outdoor fridge. Also very smart. Uh, you know, we don't think about all the the shittiness of living before electricity. But yeah, having, you know, cold food, not spoiling. That's one of those things. Now, the false floors are pretty ingenious. What they did was chop a few trees down and make large, long boards. But the trick was that they used two different wood strings. The center wood they used, there's a story that they traded 10 gallons of hooch for this wood in Tennessee. And it was almost a joke that they bought bought it. 
Northern white cedar trees are very, very soft, so they were not good construction material. My family then enacted their plan. They laid a beam to support the first few feet of the cellar, but once they walked fully in, had a couple of bodies walking around the weak center of the wood, they would break and collapse into an eight-foot-deep hole. Nice. So that's brilliant. It wasn't even like a trap door. Like, it was just how they constructed it. That's because even if somebody was looking for like a trap door, you would So this is another photo of what the the pit part would look like. Wow. I love that. I am just impressed by just how incredibly smart your family is. Like, stop stealing my shit. You're going to (laughs) pay. So I'm going to do Abby's story. I'm just going with A's, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, so Abby said, hi there. So I, I have to bring it close to my face because I'm leaving off my phone. Um, she said, hi there. So I have a morbid town legend. I'm from Langford, and our claim to fame is one of the most haunted cemeteries in Michigan, Blood Cemeteries. According to the legend, the Blood family, I wish my last name was Blood. Right? Oh, how fucking cool would that be? Uh, according to the legend, the Blood family moved in and set up shop. They also took some of their land and created a cemetery, which was named after the family. So the legend changes based on who's telling it, but the gist of it is that one day, the last of the Bloods, Dr. Blood, oh man, what a doctor name. <laughs> um, oh, I'm jealous. Dr. Blood snapped and shot his wife. Thus the name Dr. Blood. Oh, oh no. Hacked her to bits on his operating table and scattered her in some freshly dug graves. Then, not wanting to be caught, he hung himself from a tree in the cemetery. If you go to the cemetery at night, you can see him and his wife hanging around. (laughs) Hanging around because he hung himself. Sorry. (laughs) Going to hell. It's fine. We knew this. And if you touch any of the gravestones or take anything from there, you're cursed. You're cursed. There's oh, been no. some press about it, and I want to say some kind of ghost crew came to investigate it. One news source claims that years afterward, a group of teens decided to explore the cemetery and mansion. One kid was dared to enter the spooky old house and proceeded to enter through a window. After an hour, with no word from the boy, the other kids freaked out and went to the police. A policeman told them that Dr. Blood's ghost lived there and isn't fond of trespassers. In minutes, the police drove to the mansion with the kids following in another car. When they arrived, the whole house had been set on fire. Hours later, once the fire was out, firemen discovered the burnt remains of the boy with his hands and feet tied with rope (gasps) next to a shotgun and axe smeared with blood. Jesus. That escalated so quickly. It did. The next morning, police discovered a freshly dug grave with a dismembered corpse inside, the corpse of Mrs. Blood, but the body of Dr. Blood himself has vanished and was never found. Oh, no. Where did he go? Yikes on bikes. <laughs> Where is a corpse going to go? Who? Oh, no. Right? I don't like that. I don't, I don't, I don't I like that. a cracker. <laughs> well, that was... Terrifying. That was terrifying. Jesus. Thanks, Abby. <laughs> I feel like Dr. Blood is going to come after me now because I made I fun of him for hanging around. Yeah. Damn it. We don't know where he's at. Maybe he can travel through weird corpse things. Yeah. Weird corpse. Here's my okay. thing about haunted cemeteries, though. Spirits tend to, like, go to where there's activity so like cemeteries are dead so they don't really hang around there that's true if you guys haven't if you're not on tiktok i don't i don't know what you're doing with your life because that's all i do but i have you guys seen that video i sent it to all you so i I know everybody in the patreon comments has already seen it because i forced you to but there's this guy in a tesla and he's driving around a cemetery people like jumping in front of his car but there's nobody there i've never wanted a tesla so bad in my life (laughs) the one that runs up on his car at the end of the video and he just starts screaming bloody murder that would be me yes absolutely i would run into it because i would gun it (laughs) i would love 
I would love to. I'd be so scared, but I would love to do it. I'm one of those weird people. I like going to cemeteries. I think they're so interesting. I do I love would, a like, cemetery. I want to find the oldest one there. Be like, oh yes. my god, it's so old. And then I just peek out. There's Zeke's like, why do you do this? I'm like, I don't know. It's cool. Especially here because they're in so many different languages. It's just so fun. There's like the German side and there's Spanish side. I just love it. It's funny. Big ass, big ass nerd. Okay. I'm going to do Mandy's. Mandy. It says, I thought you might enjoy my family's fun haunted adventure. <gasps> I bet I oh, will. Yeah. So this is two ghost stories in one. In the early 80s, my parents were living in an old house that was made into apartments, obviously haunted in parentheses. <laughs> oh, yes. The owners had bought the house from a woman named Evelyn. Oh, I love that name. <laughs> I, I've, if I ever procreated, I wanted to name my kid that. And then a bunch of my friends named their kids Evelyn. So now I feel like I can't do Bastards. it. Because, you know, the mommy, obviously. Call it Evie. She's we'll a librarian. <laughs> Evelyn is obviously a ghost. <laughs> and her father had built it. When she became very old and knew she was going to die, she asked the owners if she could buy the house back so she could die there. They said no. <laughs> How rude. That's a dick move. And I guess you're probably like, I don't want you to die in my house. I can True. see both sides, honestly. That's a very odd request. Like somebody showed up because I've only lived here two years and they're like, I want to die in your living room. I'd be like, I'm too awkward for this. $500. Just run away. $500 fumigation. <laughs> Okay, so she died in a nursing home, and soon after, strange things began to happen. Oh, but do you think it'd be worse if they would have let her die there, or she was going to do this regardless? Well, that was like her final wish, so she would have gotten like her thing, so she probably would have passed on. But no, true. So lessons to be learned, I guess. If somebody shows up and asks to die in your house, you should be like, "All right, let's do this." Exactly. Oh, they could hear footsteps on the stairs. The blind people living in one of the apartments could sense someone in their apartment. Oh, no. No, thank you, Evelyn. Oh, I do not like that. Their trained C&I dog would bark at the wall. Curtains would get ripped oh. down. You know, the fun stuff. <laughs> oh, solid storytelling. I like that. Okay. My older brother was just a baby when they were living there, and the best story of Evelyn is when my brother was screaming his head off one night. My parents always put his pacifier on the dresser next to the crib. My dad searched everywhere for it and could not find it. Finally exhausted, he sat down in the living room with my brother to try to calm him down without the pacifier. Nothing was working. All of a sudden, the closet door swung open so hard that it hit the couch and moved it about an inch. On a whim, my dad went back into the bedroom and looked on the dresser, and the pacifier was sitting on top of the dresser, plain as day. I think it was Evelyn's way of telling them to shut that kid up. <laughs> yes. 100% yes. I still love to hear stories about Evelyn, and my dad talks about her so fondly, you'd think that she was an old aunt that lived with him or something. <laughs> yep. Well, at least, you know, it's good memories, somewhat. Anyway, fast forward to 2014, that baby, my brother, is 30 years old and has moved about an hour away from us. On a Monday morning, I went into work and my manager told us, quote, I was at Walmart Saturday and I saw this necklace. I thought of you and had such an intense feeling that you should have it, but I didn't get it. And then on Sunday, I just kept getting these intense feelings that I had to get you the necklace. So I ran in this morning before work and I got it for you. Well, that's also very nice. It was a heart pendant with footprints on one side and on the other said, quote, it was then that I carried you from my favorite poem, Footprints in the Sand. It's basically about how the spirit or God carries us instead of walking beside us in our hardest times. A few hours later, my parents came to work, brought me inside and told me my brother had died. Oh, no. <gasps> oh, no. He hadn't showed up for work. So his boss called my dad and he went to my brother's apartment and found him dead. He'd been sick and essentially died from the flu. Bless his oh, heart. A week later, autopsy results came back to tell us that he died on Saturday about the same time a manager had found that necklace and had that intense feeling that I needed it. I wore that necklace for a year straight, and any day I have a tough time, I wear it. I know my brother sent it to me through my manager. He's awesome like that. Oh, my heart. 
Oh my goodness. I for one, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so glad that you have something that gives you peace and make like lets you think about him. Then he was able to send you a message. Yeah. <laughs> then she said, I hope you guys enjoyed it, smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> Love Mandy. And can be found at mp.designery on Insta. Ooh. Ooh I love a good artist. Yes, yeah. Oh, it's such a sweet. I'm so, it's so sad, but really sweet. I love signs. I, I think they're so fascinating. I was actually watching a TikTok where uh, this girl was saying that she was talking to like her spirit guides and she was like, you know, if I need to change my situation, give me a sign. And she was like, I was trying to think of something that's not common to see. So she was like, you know, it's winter in like Michigan. So show me a grasshopper. And then, like, a few hours later, she saw a grasshopper in, like, a show that her son was watching or something. And I was watching mm-hmm. it and I was thinking, I was like, man, that'd be weird if, like, I asked my spirit guides for a a sign of a grasshopper, too. Because, I mean, you don't really see them right now. Because even though I'm in Louisiana, it's still cold and they've migrated and all that. Mm-hmm. And I went, like, a couple hours later to put my crock pot up on the shelf. And there was a dead grasshopper on the shelf. And it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, so I looked up her Instagram and look how yeah, perfect it is. It is perfect. Oh, oh my god. god, I need like 20 of these and I might slap this on someone's forehead. <laughs> Love it. I will be following that on Instagram. Okay, so last one for me. I'm right reading and the writing. Reading Sarah's. Hi, Sarah. Thank you. Sarah said, hello, y'all. This one is for Kina. I'm not completely caught up, but I live in Kyle, Texas. I almost said Kina, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) So we are basically neighbors unless you've moved, question mark. And I just heard to wish that you lived somewhere with pirates. In my vague Texas childhood knowledge, lived kind of all over Texas. There was a pirate named Jean Lafitte. That was known to operate in the Gulf of Mexico, and I'm pretty sure there is a legend of his treasure in Galveston. I could be wrong, but definitely worth looking into if you haven't yet. Sorry if this is random and crazy, but I am two glasses in on true myth cab solve and have become a lightweight. Girl, no judgment here. (laughs) That sounds delicious. Right? I'm obsessed with y'all. Much love to you guys and all the fam and fur babies. I also listen to And That's Why We Drink and Wine and Crime, Sarah. I love that so many of our listeners share our favorite podcast, too. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that's why we drink and wine and crime are my top two favorite. I listen to like a ton of others. I recently got into one called Fraudsters. But like, those are my like, holy grail. Oh, mine too. Yes. So here's info on Jean Lafitte. Feet also spelled with one F instead of two. Born 1780 question mark, France. Died 1825 question mark. Privateer and smuggler who interrupted his illicit adventures to fight heroically for the United States in defense of New Orleans in the War of 1812. Jackson personally commended Lafitte as one of the ablest of men of the battle, and President James Madison issued a public proclamation of pardon for the group. Nevertheless, after the war, the pirate chief returned to his old ways, and in 1817, with nearly a thousand followers, he organized a commune called Campeche, or Campeche, I think, on the island site of the future city of Galveston, Texas, where he served briefly as governor in 1819. From, from this depot, he continued his privateering against the Spanish, and his men were commonly no- acknowledged as pirates. When several of his lieutenants attacked U.S. ships in 1820, official pressure was brought to bear on the operation. As a consequence, the following year, Lafitte suddenly picked a, cr- a crew to man his favorite vessel, the Pride, burned the town, and sailed away, apparently continuing his depredations along the coast of Spanish America, the Spanish Main, for several more years. Jean Lafitte, a one-time resident of Louisiana and privateer, is believed by some to have buried a large cache of treasure somewhere in the bayous of Louisiana. Ooh, other vac- uh, variations of the mystery say Lafitte buried the treasure in multiple locations along the Gulf Coast. Whoa. That's baller. 
That is cool. I guess when I think about pirates, I never thought about the coast of Texas, but I'm thrilled, thrilled that there were pirates. (laughs) Oh, I haven't been to Galveston yet, but now I just, I need to go. I've been to Galveston once, but I was like eight. (laughs) I really need to go back. Yeah, I'm not too far. I've been to Corpus Christi, but I haven't been to Galveston yet. I think that's where all the cruise ships go. Yeah. I am correct, I believe. In the before times. In the before times when people enjoyed, some people enjoyed cruise ships. Speaking yeah. of wine. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, they're upset on all the reasons why you should not ever go on a cruise ship. I'm 100% there with them. Alrighty, I'll do Marissa's. Alright, our last one. This titled creepy ass furby oh, oh no. i'm already horrified did you have a furby yes and it was <sighs> terrifying it like i would be so creeped out by it that i would stash it at the top of my closet on like the shelf above the bar and it would talk in the middle of the night with the door closed yeah they were scary i remember <laughs> i remember when i was 15 i got to go to ireland for a charity thing and you could do a thing where you could ask it questions. And I think I was joking. I was doing something dumb. I'm like, am I going to die? Because I'd never been on a plane before. And then it just kept on laughing like that manacle <sighs> bitch laugh. Like, yes, 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 yes. They're laughing. And I was like, oh, no. They're all going to die. They're going to die. Yeah, it was terrifying. Did not enjoy. Give it no stars if I could. Didn't like it. <laughs> Uh, make this big. Okay. Hi, y'all. I'm a, uh, I love the, I love the hillbilly isms you throw in here for us, Marissa. Uh, <laughs> hi, y'all. I'm gonna just dive right in because I'm lacking sleep and I'm about to go to work. So my cousin and I work swing shift together and she had an early morning appointment the next morning. So I was spending the night to watch her beautiful baby girl while she was gone. This is nothing new. T often has morning appointments, and instead of worrying about making it over there on time in the horrid hours of the morning, I just sleep on the couch. You're so nice. That's such a lovely thing to offer. That's so nice. After T went to bed, I pulled up a new episode of Nuke's Top 5 on YouTube. In this video, he references the Sylvia Likens case, recognizing the name and not knowing why I closed YouTube, and I went to Google. After rereading about the case for an hour, I regretted doing so. In all caps, this is an awful case. Do not look it up if you are not in a good place. <laughs> it's so bad. Thanks for the warning. So forcing myself to read some happy fanfics and listening to happy music, I finally started to drift off to sleep. Two seconds later, my three-year-old cousin Sylvia is standing over me. Oh, tiny kids are so scary. And you kicked her across the room. <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> Yeet. Scaring the crap out of me, I decided because T had been up early, I would try to entertain the toddler and keep her in the living room. Thus, she started being me or bringing me toys to play with, including her baby creepy ass Furby. Oh, this thing's eyes glow. Is that a new thing? I don't remember mine. Yeah, the new ones, their eyes glow. They're like digital eyes. No, why would you do that? some demon shit right there no they're awful and weird growling noises came out of it yeet yep no for me dog ugh now I'm a grown ass mature adult damn it (laughs) (laughs) so I did the logical thing and I shut that shit off as well after that till about 345 she stopped playing look oh god Okay, she stopped playing, looked dead ass ahead at nothing, and said, No, I can't do that. I can't go outside. It'll make Mama and Dada sad. Stop. I won't do it. I won't play in the road. You can't make me. Oh, kids are so creepy. Then goes back to playing like nothing happened. A few minutes later, my cousin woke up and heard her and told her to go to the bedroom for cuddles because Aunt Marissa needs to sleep, too. (laughs) I somehow fell asleep after that, only to wake up and tell her mom about it in the morning. Her mom asked her who she was talking to, and this child outright says, No one. I just wanted to go. She, honey, and papa, her grandparents that live next door. T goes, But you were looking at something when you said it. Sylvia looks at us, shrugs, and then goes back to being adorable. (sighs) So she says, 
I'm done staying at people's houses because I can't handle the shit anymore. Anyway, <laughs> apparently I'm destined to see another demon or ghost soon, and I really could wait another <laughs> twenty or another two thousand twenty years for that to happen. Love y'all. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marissa, Furbies are so scary. I I can't apply the holy water directly to the child. <laughs> I know. Like, at what point when a scary ass child does stuff like that continuously, you just throw the whole thing out? It's just, yeah. Is it in the manual when you become a parent? <laughs> just Have kidding. Try turning it off and on again. We're Americans. We just get pamphlets. <sighs> Real talk. I think, yeah, like in other countries, they actually get instructions on how to have children or keep them alive here. I think you get like a flyer. <laughs> Yeah, isn't it like some country they actually give you like a baby box of supplies and stuff and your baby sleeps in the box? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some countries you get a nanny too. Like government Dude. nanny. I think France you get like a month or something. Yo. Ow. I, I saw a TikTok because I'm obsessed and there was a there's this thing going around. How did you know when being an American really fucked you up and a girl she was in the military she was in germany and she was a nurse and she had her baby and it was like the next day she was get packing to get ready to go and they came in they're like what are you doing she's like oh i'm getting ready to leave and they were like no no you're no you're not get back in bed and they're like you're gonna stay here till you're healed and she was like what what is that she's like you just had a child get back in bed and she's like wow and they were like they really kick you out and they're like, sometimes day of, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody I know, even if you have a C-section, you're just out of there. Second, they can get you out. I'm like, that blows my mind. Oh. Yay, America. America, fuck yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for sending in your emails. Please send in more for next month, which will actually yes. be February this month. <laughs> so this month... <laughs> We're so uh, good at this. Do you have? I know, nailing it. Question: uh, Is there any like love ghosts? It's it's Valentine. That's the only holiday I could think of. Any weird, creepy love ghosts? It's Ooh, probably not. Very you could tell us. I mean, it's not like history related, but you could tell us about your bad dates. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could, I like, I have literally had friends ask me to write books about the bad dates I've been on. I have one. It's very short, but I think the most memorable is uh, I met this guy at a bar, yay, in Mountain Home. So, yeah. And so he's like, I'm going to take you out on a real date, which was Chili's where he worked. Big I know, right? So he picks me up and I have long ass legs, six foot, you know? So I moved the seat back of his Jeep. And it crushes a can of engine paint, like spray paint, explodes <laughs> all over me, all over his Jeep. And I was like, oh, God, it was so embarrassing. And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So then we go to Mountain Home for my house, which is like 30 minutes or whatever. And we go to Chili's and everything's fine. And then he's going to drop me off at my sister's house. And we go to my sister's house. And I had forgotten my key at my house in Mount or Salesville. So oh, he had to drive no. me all the way back. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, he's not going to call me back. I've destroyed, I've wrecked your car and uh, <laughs> wasted all your money on gas. So, <laughs> but yeah, anywho, until <laughs> the end of this month. <laughs> yes, for sure this time we'll do it. Yes, we'll remember. <laughs> and yeah, so if you want to email us a story, that's historicalafpod at gmail.com. If you want to uh, rate and review the podcast to uh, help us against the trolls, uh, that'd be helpful. <laughs> so many trolls. Uh, I think I think we have to get like a bingo now. We've been called a libtard, um, a Black Lives Matter terrorist. Yep. Um, a whining liberal. No, what was the other thing he said? Oh, something about being a liar for the lamestream media. I'm just like, dude, <laughs> facts, just because they don't align with you. Just because they hurt your feelings doesn't mean that they're not facts. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, we fact check, like, a lot. 
Oh, I promise. Um, I mean, like, early on, we never said anything too political and, like, anything. Like, even when we talked about the presidential libraries and I talked about Trump, it was all factual. Yeah. His tweets are problematic. That's a fact. <laughs> Don't be a baby back bitch. We're just yeah. talking. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for watching. <laughs> Walter after screeching. Yay! Yeah, hopefully February will be a... A nicer month with less traumatizing historical experiences. Yes, we can only hope. That'd be great. So, fingers crossed. Hold on to to Stubby and his blood that saves lives. And everybody stays safe. And hopefully everything's getting better. I know the supposedly I read today that COVID vaccines are supposed to start showing up in pharmacies everywhere. So hopefully Sweet. everybody can, I think, here they said CVS is getting them first. So I don't know if it's going to be the same with you. Yeah, but, I heard that about Arkansas too, but I haven't heard anything about Louisiana yeah. yet. So definitely check into that. I am hoping that eventually we can go back to normal-ish and yeah. have human interaction. It's kind of wearing on me. Only people I see are I like doctors. Yep. And I'm already awkward. But I'm getting really awkward. Same. Like, <laughs> so, I, so I went to the doctor and it always takes forever. Like at least an hour, hour and a half before I actually even see the doctor. So I always bring a book and I'm reading a book about finding books in human skin. So I'm reading it and my endocrinologist walks in. He's like, hey, what are you reading? And I was like, oh, this really cool book about how they used to bind books in human skin. And he's like, all right, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> he's like moving on I was like okay that's really interesting. I was like fun fact it was mostly doctors that did it and he was like right alright I'm just gonna slide past that comment too <laughs> I'm gonna have to learn how to people again nah <laughs> or we could just out awkward each other I think everybody's gonna be like that I think we're all just like real fucking weird now Oh, yeah, and like Dion said, I can't really censor myself anymore. I'm used to just yep, yep. fuck from the top of my lungs and just rage. I don't know how to yep. be polite, I don't think, anymore. Yeah, I saw this TikTok where somebody was like, yeah, we're going back to the office soon after six months of working from home, and I don't think I have the ability to hold in a fart anymore. I'm like, okay. It's the little things. I saw one, too, where somebody's like, I'm used to taking my lunch break and taking a shower and, like, crying in it. <laughs> my midday. Yes. Like, what am I gonna do? Yeah. I can't do that anymore. It's yeah. Like right now, Zeke takes. Uh, he so he calls it taking five, but it's just laying in bed with the dogs for like thirty minutes. Because you know nobody knows, and if somebody calls, I'm like, yeah, none of us are gonna be okay after this. It's gonna yeah, be interesting. But I'm excited to try. <laughs> yes. Oh, I want to do things. I just want to wanna... do the things. I know. I want to not have depression spirals as often. I mean, they're always yes. going to be there, but they're very close together. Right. They're not even waves anymore. They're just like wake. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's very steady. Yes. I know. I would eventually hope that, you know, the podcast can take off so we can travel and meet all you people. That'd be great. Yes. That would be so nice. I would love that. Although my plan. It's on my vision board that I haven't finished yet. I need to do that. But my plan, besides that touring, I think it'd be so cool for us to meet you all. Um, would also to do like ghost hunt stuff, like us go places, ghost hunt and make yes. you uh, Patreon content. I think we're so much fun. Yes, um, I just really want to ghost hunt. I was going to join the ghost hunting group here, but like I did a hunt with them right when COVID started and um like we weren't yet in masks but like it was getting to where we weren't like handshaking and stuff so yeah i'm bummed i think between the two of us we got so much haunted stuff we could just meet up (laughs) yes that would be wonderful that's the goal i'm trying to like as soon as hopefully fingers crossed we get more patreon fam where it can pay for that because you know i don't have a job and i can't travel but as soon as it does i think it'd be really fun make videos Eat your heart out, Zach Bagans. I want to go to that library that you talked about that one time with that scary black thing in the children's section. 
Oh, Willard. Yes. 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 Oh, that'd be cool too if we go to like the towns of like Patreon and then have them take us somewhere in their town. How fun would that be? That would be so fun. Oh, uh, anyway, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Hi, friends. Hi. Welcome to They're Terrified and Tipsy. I'll start. Okay. My name is Courtney. Uh, I love long walks on the beach, Mm -hmm. white wine, and I absolutely love scary movies. And I'm Stephanie. I also love long walks on the beach. I love white wine, but I absolutely hate (laughs) scary movies. So Stephanie, Mm -hmm. can I ask you a question? Please. Why in the hell would you want to watch scary movies and do a podcast on scary movies when you hate them. Oh, that's easy. Um, because you forced me. Mm, that's that's true. <laughs> but you know what? Hmm. There's wine. Yeah. So I'm basically only here for the wine. <laughs> lots and lots of wine. <laughs> We're going to need it. <laughs> well, since we have very different feelings about scary movies, we decided to share our emotional struggles with you all. Yeah. So grab a glass of wine, your mm-hmm. favorite couch blanket, and get comfy and enjoy the ride with us. Also, you can find their Terrified and Tipsy on Instagram and Twitter, plus all the podcast platforms. For links, head over to tipsypod.com. Cheers! Cheers.